You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the Cloud Security Alliance, recorded live at London Olympia as part of InfoSec Europe 2017, presented by Richard Morrell. Recorded from a crowded stairwell at InfoSec 2017, InfoSec in London here at the London Olympia, I'm joined by one of my oldest friends in the security industry. We go way, way back. Way back. Dan Cuthbert, say hi. Afternoon, sir. Right. Nation state security is one of your bugbears. SensePost are pretty active in how to protect yourself. Talk to me. Um, I think what I've seen in the last couple of months of doing research with a colleague of mine, Vlad, is that we've seen capabilities often used for nation states and law enforcement now trickle down to anybody with budget. And that could be anything from portable IMSI catchers to spyware, malware with amazing command and control and UE interfaces that costs as little as £200. £200 to basically walk away with the contents of your diary, the contents of your life. 200 quid to install on your loved one's phone where you can track where they're going, who they're talking to, who they're speaking to and exactly what they're doing without them knowing. But it's also, as you said, this has grown originally from nation state resources. Yeah, so Vlad and I, we presented our research at a conference in Norway a couple of weeks ago called Paranoia and we've seen the industry grow in the last three years. It's from a smooth you know, a few small players to lots and lots of people doing it. And in the last three months working with friends who at the moment are going to reign nameless, we've seen the private market grow bigger and bigger. So for everyone with a potentially vulnerable Android device out there in the marketplace, what's your advice? Android don't have an Android. Device. Friends, don't let friends use Android. Um, in all fairness, Android 7 is actually looking very good. But there's still a lot of people using older versions of Android. And that's going to be our biggest crutch. Just like patching systems is really hard, getting people to upgrade their phones is even harder. But if you go into many retail establishments, they're still selling phones from Alcatel, from various other manufacturers, which stopped at 5.5 and they're still selling them. Yep. Uh, and this is one of the, the key problems that we see with the Android ecosystem. It's, it's very hard to force updates. It's one thing Apple have done really well. You know, fair play to them. How many people constantly upgrade their, the latest and greatest iOS? But it must drive you mad. If you look at the over-the-air updates, the over-the-air updates in Europe come from your service provider unless you've got a contract-free phone. Exactly. And in, in places where we're not in Europe, such as South Africa and Africa, a lot of people don't do OTA because it costs. Data is really, really expensive. So they go, well, actually, I want to keep in touch. I've only got X amount of budget for the month, I'm going to use that data for chatting, I don't worry about the red dots. The updates can wait. What's the worst that could happen? A lot of these people have new cars. They wouldn't leave the car open with the windows open. They, you know, they wouldn't dream of it, but they'll, they won't spend 450 quid on a decent phone. I think one of the biggest problems is that what's the worst that could happen? We are still at that stage where people say, well, who's going to target me? Why, why would they bother? But then when we talk about cloud, you think about my device is also two-factor authentication for many of my credentials. Yeah, and we've seen some beautiful attacks recently where people have had, I think the last one I read yesterday with the Bitcoin attack, sure, wasn't hardened as well as it should be, but he lost eighteen or $13,000 worth of Bitcoin because a lot of the stuff was in the cloud, didn't secure it, Verizon messed up. But again, you know, we, we go back to the problem with Android is, you know, many of these devices that are out there, the service providers don't provide the over-the-air updates until they, they put their skins into the updates. Like, well, how long does that take? Months. It just leaves the user completely exposed. So I've got a contract with a phone company, for, for example, which I haven't. You know, you've got a two-year contract, but the device hasn't been updated since months before the contract. Yeah, it's a big problem. And again, if we look at the problems with WannaCry, it wasn't that they were using nation-state exploits. It was because people are really bad at patching, bad at upgrading. As an industry, we're still failing at the basics. It's not the O days. It's not the crypto argument. It's the 
you don't update, you don't patch. But back in the day, you know, you used to work for a very large unnamed fledgling ISP back in the day, do you remember? And, you know, again, when you were building Kickstarter images, you were building security into that. And, and 15 years on, what's changed? Nothing's changed. Um, I think working for that rather large first stage internet service provider, uh, we got attacked. We got attacked a lot and we got attacked quite badly. But basic patching, basic architecture choices. And I think a lot of people today, and this is the worry with the cloud, people no longer have the experience of seeing the tin. It's, they'll take care of that patching. I'm sure Amazon patches everything. I'm sure Azure patches everything. I don't have to worry about any of that. So we're moving away from the, hmm, have I made sure this is as hard as it should be? But talk, you know, it's the developers. Do you remember back in the day, developers would get really excited when that MSDM box would arrive. You know that thing with the, all the discs the inside? Yeah, 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 the CDs inside. And nowadays, GitHub's taken over. Yeah. I do love GitHub. Um, it's used responsibly. Used very responsibly, but as you can you know, see with a lot of the news stories when people still publish their keys and everything else in GitHub, same old problem. But you have developers, getting back to the MSDN analogy, where 85% of what they're developing isn't their provenance. No, um, I'm not sure how we're going to solve this. But then again, you start provisioning these applications to the cloud, and what happens? How do you patch it? How do you own it? Yeah, a, a great question. I don't have the answer for that. That's... That's, that's a bigger answer than I can... We've we, we got banking customers out there who are building banking applications, and it's fine if you deploy it on an iOS device, but people are deploying this from the Google Play Store on multiple versions of Android, which will have vulnerabilities. Yeah, um, so financial apps on insecure devices is a big problem. Um, still doing silly things like jailbreak detection, which, to be fair, is not a good thing you should be looking at anymore. You should be designing security in rather than going, you're running on a jailbroken device, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to work. So you're going to be part of B-Sides tomorrow at all? Or? Sadly, I don't have tickets and I won't be at B-Sides. What about Manchester? That's coming up as well. Uh, I'm not going to that either. <sighs> Letting the side down badly. Talk to me about SensePost. Um, SensePost is a great group of hackers. Um, we're growing, you know, as we expect to grow. We've got headquarters in Joburg and in London. We're still doing our research. We still create amazing tools. We're still talking and presenting all over the world, training at Black Hat. Um, yeah. You have revenue as well. We're doing well. Good. I mean, I, I think that people are realizing now that you've got to, it's a belts and braces, isn't it? You've got to understand the, the nature of the playground you're playing in. But also, people have more than one cloud. Yeah. Yeah. So they have their Amazon accounts, they have their Azure accounts, they have Salesforce, they have all these bits and pieces. And yet, you know, the CIO probably doesn't know half of it. No, and I think that's some of the, the things that drives us at SensePost. Um, we're looking at research, I mean, Glenn and I did, well, five years ago, Snoopy, where we thought if we could attack the mobile device where most of your content lives today, you've gained access to a lot of the keys to the kingdom. And I think we're still at the stage where everybody's pushing everything all over the place and we're still not sure where we're pushing it. And I think as well, there's the whole ownership piece around responsibility. With G GDPR coming out, again, that actually removes the safety net. You get, you'll, get, you'll get screwed over. I'm, I never thought I'd say this in 25 years of hacking. I'm a big fan of GDPR only because it finally makes people say when they've been breached. And it's something I've been calling for for a long time. I've been quite vocal about it. Tell the world when you've been breached so we actually know how big this problem is. Because at the moment, you get breached, you don't necessarily have to tell anybody. You can keep it quiet until the leak happens and then you go into full PR mode. And I don't think that helps anybody. But you're also in a situation now where 
vendors need to also be a little bit more circumspect about how they handle zero-day stuff as well. I'm not worried about zero days. I really am not. And I wish, as an industry, we dropped this. Because the amount of thousands of hosts and targets that we own at SendsPost, we don't drop O-Day. We're dropping 100-day, 200-day, 500-day. It's the basics that people are still getting wrong. It's, I'm not left awake by zero days. You are going to get nailed if it's a zero day. There's not much you can do about it. I walked into a piece of critical national infrastructure recently, which still had Sun E450 boxes and Windows NT workstation know. They literally were the best things in the world. Ironically, we were talking about them in the office the other day, how I had one as a desktop server at that big ISP. And in your flat. Yeah, and in my flat, yes. I remember having to pick the bloody thing up. Yeah, those are the days. Yeah. Dan, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for making time. Thanks, Richard.